I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is a special I Only Like You. Two movies reviewed for the price of one. So stick around after our main bit. A little extra peek at Get Out, which I review myself because Sinead was too scared to see it. <laughs> Basically, it isn't it. Lonnie <laughs> went and saw a film on his own that I had no interest in seeing, so he's just going to do that one as well. Okay. Hello there, and welcome to I Only Like You, a movie review podcast that I, Lonnie, do with girlfriend Sinead. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this week we have seen Guardians of the Galaxy, and I saw Get Out, which we'll be reviewing a bit later on. Before we get to that, there was a disturbing display of public affection that we saw recently. And we just want to just give you a heads up. It's creepy. Yeah. It's creepy when you're hugging and kissing your girlfriend by the Brisbane River and you've got her in a headlock. Okay? (laughs) So stop doing that. She was like, she was, how do I explain this? They were facing each other, but Mm -hmm. sort of next to each other. So, like, on a 45-degree angle, right? Yeah. And her arms were down. She had a backpack on. And I think the backpack might have caused some of the problems. That's yeah. why I mentioned it, just to, yep. to give the viewers a full picture. Mm-hmm. His right arm was around her neck in a headlock. So, her head was between, like, in his elbow. Mm-hmm. And he was very... He was kissing her. He was kissing her. Quite, quite a... Getting right in there. Was there tongue involved? I think, we yes. We didn't get close enough to I was but... very, it was a long, the attachment yeah. time was very long. Yeah, surely there's a bit of, bit there of tongue. There would have needed to breathe at some point, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that it was, no. No, no. no. She seemed to like it. She seemed all for it because once they got past them, they kind of stopped and they were skipping stones together. She didn't run a mile like as soon as he let her go or anything. Yeah. I just think he was, I'm not saying it was his first kiss or anything, just saying he seemed a bit too keen to keep her there <laughs> during the kissing moment. <laughs> he was like, I finally got one. I can't let it Lock go. Lock it down. <laughs> yes, 100%. That was um, very, very strange. I don't know what to, like, give our viewers. Well, what's an appropriate level of PDA? Um, probably anything where there's not a headlock involved. <laughs> okay. Short of a headlock, what can you do? Well, I guess that depends, doesn't it, on, on what you think is acceptable. What, what what would you be able to walk past and be like, that's fine? See, there's a difference between what I would be okay being around and what I would want to do with you in public. Okay. <laughs> there's two different things there. So you don't want a headlock? Probably not. Okay, well. Is that ruined with That plans? changes everything. <laughs> like, right. I wouldn't mind if people were kissing. I don't mind either. But I'd probably feel uncomfortable getting right in there with you in a deep, passionate kiss in a very public place. I think, don't mind if it's like a kiss or even a little cuddle when they're standing up, 
when they're lying down at like yeah, a park, okay. that gets a bit much. Like at a picnic that's gone a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Full on. Yeah. I agree with that. What about in the movie theatre? Um, a cuddle is all that's acceptable. No pity at all. Watch the freaking movie. That's what are true. you doing? You paid your movie ticket. It does seem silly, doesn't it, that you've paid all this money you're going to be looking at each other's. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, it just seems stupid to me. Go to your bedroom. Mm. Go somewhere else. Why would you pay money to see a film that people have put work into? Disrespectful to the makers? I, yeah. I Don't even get me sad on that. You know what film doesn't have any creepy PDAs in it? What's that? Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, Volume 2. Yeah, boy. <laughs> You're good at these transitions, Sine. I am. Maybe I should be doing them all the time. Maybe you should be. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, directed by, written directed by James Gunn, who did the first Guardians. Mm-hmm. Stars Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Bradley Cooper's voice. Vin Diesel's voice, voice? question mark, that has been very highly edited mm. to sound higher in pitch. Now, we can't really talk about this one without getting into a spoiler zone. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, go out and see it, come back. I will say that if you were really keen on the film, I reckon you would have seen it by now. Yeah, 100%. So, this, so if you've come this if, far and not seen it, I think you don't care if you're spoiled. Exactly. Well, you don't really care about this one, do you? So at all, I wouldn't have thought. But just a warning. Yes, We're going to be spoiler Spoilers are happening. So heads up, we like the first one. We probably weren't as crazy as everybody. However, we, we probably, didn't get on the craze train. It was probably one of our the better Marvel movies in our view. Yes, right. So we loved it. Yeah, we okay, just didn't obsess over it. But we've liked it more than other Marvel films that have come out Absolutely. before and since. <laughs> so you know, it's breath of fresh air, really. Now this one, I think, probably the same as our is our is our main. Yeah, thought. I guess so. Not that I'm like we're not like we only have we're not the same brain <laughs> or anything. We're just. Pitching our ideas to you. Um, yeah, I quite liked it. I don't think it was quite as good as the first one, but I haven't seen the first one probably since it came out, so maybe I'm not remembering it well. Uh, but I think it is no worse or no better than the first one. It's probably on par, I'd it's say. It's at least on par. Yeah. And with these, like a good Guardians, a Guardians film is better than most Bad films I think or good films. Even know, a so. shitty Guardians film would be much better than a great Avengers. Ooh, okay. Well, it's just Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're just so boring. Yeah. This one's so fun and fresh and exciting mm-hmm. and you know, has led to everyone trying to copy them. Cough, Suicide Squad Cough. Yeah. But I just want to give a shout out to the the Cinema Wins YouTube channel. So this is like everything great about films, as yeah. opposed to the Cinema Sins, Sins which is everything yeah. bad about. I much prefer the Cinema Wins guy. Yeah, to be honest. but we recently watched his um, version of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, and just trying to sort of prepare ourselves yeah, for the second one. Yeah. And he's so right. Like that first opening moment. Remember how cool it was when you were sitting there, and. The song comes on and, and Chris Pratt's just prancing around this alien planet grooving to this song. Like, it's just so different to anything mm-hmm. else. And the like, massive title comes Absolutely. On like, Iron Man and the Avengers would never do that. And I just think that regardless of anything, this should be commended for at least having a go, mm. you know, and... Well, it's not, it's not just that they aimed high. They actually pretty much 
did everything they wanted to do. Yeah, so I know, they, they pulled yeah. it off. They made us fall in love with characters who on paper look silly. Yeah, and it's and just so bring different fun to and, everything else they've seen. They brought classic music into a modern film yeah. set in space. Yeah. Kind of kind of related to the Marvel Universe, but not really at all. So. I just feel like with these films, with this franchise, if you go in wanting to love it, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. Like, yeah, the plot and the story might be lacking a little bit, but the characters are interesting and fun mm. to be around and you don't mind spending time with them and with great music. Like, we recently purchased the soundtrack to Volume 1 and we've been listening to that mm. on repeat and... This is a great soundtrack in this film too, except for when Kurt Russell <laughs> recites the lyrics a in scene. a really cringy scene. <laughs> um, can, I, can I just say something? Yeah. We also watched the movies I love and so can you YouTube channel. Yeah. Another great one. Yeah. And on that one, he, he was talking about Mad Max. I think it was when I was in the Oscars last year, mm-hmm. two years ago. And he said that a lot of people see that film and are like, oh yeah, the visuals are cool, but the story was a bit shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Or a bit basic. Mm. And like, in this one as well, um, you might say, oh, the whole atmosphere and the mood and the jokes were great in Guardians, but the story wasn't quite there. But we don't really see a, a great film. Like, the story is good, but the visuals are shit. Yeah, we never do. <laughs> his, point, his point was maybe it's enough that the visuals are awesome in Mad Max and maybe it's enough that this film has you know, a really cool characters and really cool um, atmosphere and music and it all fits together and maybe the story not quite as good. Mm. Probably have films out there that have won Oscars and everything that the visuals are quite basic and aren't as good, you know, and they're, and they're like not every film is a 10 out of 10 in every category. Yeah, yeah. I but for some mean. people we're like, oh, if it's not a 10 out of 10 in the story, that's something we can all be a bit snotty about. Yeah. No, just a little thought Interesting I had because you, you yeah. brought that up. Mm. And I, But here's my main criticism of the film. Yeah. The story's not quite there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the only thing I thought was maybe the villain was a bit weak. Now, yes. I think I've got real problems with this and I hope you can kind of translate what I'm saying to something that the listeners can understand, right? <laughs> As is my job, yes. So I got spoiled that, and this is spoilers, 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 we've warned you already. I got spoiled that Kurt Russell was the dad, right? And that's fine because you don't have to wait long until that's revealed in the film anyway, so I didn't miss out on much. However, that moment when he is revealed as being the dad, is handled so seriously and with such gravitas that I didn't really understand why in all their marketing and promo stuff they're revealing that if they're going to treat it with such sincerity in the actual film. And Guardians is one of the films that can afford to subvert that kind of stuff, Mm. right? So they could have been like, yeah, I'm your dad, but you knew that already or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a writer, but obviously... But I don't know, they could have just commented on it in some way or done it in a bit of a cleverer way rather yeah. than this big sweeping shot, this zoom in of him stepping off the spaceship, the I'm your father. You know, it's just really, it was just really, it doesn't fit with what Guardians is to me. I agree. It wasn't a secret. The only person who didn't know it was Chris Pratt in the film. Yeah. Because it, was, it wasn't a spoiler. We all knew that Kurt Russell was playing his dad. Yeah. So it, just, was, it was good that mm. it wasn't revealed in, like, in the last minute. Like we all knew. Pretty much. Yeah. It was in the first 20 minutes. But you're right. It was very strange that they treated it like that. And I think about that in a lot of movies when, like, the whole point is that of seeing the film is that Kurt Russell is his dad, but then the film treats it like that. And I've seen other movies. I can't think of an example off the top of my head now, but just a, a crazy example. It's a movie about a giant robot killing people, right? And then in the characters of the film, they spend half an hour 
thinking, oh, is this a giant robot? No, it can't be a giant robot. No, it can't possibly, it can't be. And then all of a sudden it is a giant robot killing people, right? Yeah. We all knew that. That's the reason we had to see the film. Yeah, Because yeah. there was a giant robot killing people. And you okay, wasted half yeah. hour of your film with a, with a surprise that we kind of knew was happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. Totally agree. Thank you. I do think with that same thing happened that Chris Pratt's character, Star-Lord, didn't actually do much, did he? No. He, he was told that this guy is your dad and then waited for him to reveal that he was evil, which I don't want to... I think our listeners are pretty smart. They would have known that from the get-go, wouldn't they? It wasn't yeah. a huge surprise that he turned out to be evil because we got to like two hours in and there wasn't a bad guy yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Russell. Even me, who is really <laughs> shit at picking stuff in film, like hints and things, I'm just, that yeah. stuff doesn't, I just don't get it. Mm. I knew as soon as he was there that he's going to turn out to be the bad guy. And... I'm not going to say I'm, I'm better than the writers or anything, and there's, there's totally what they did was fine, and as we said, it's a great film. Mm. But I feel like there really was nothing happening much between I'm your father to the end where I'm evil. Like there was yeah. like so much going on there where Star-Lord is just like accepting everything he said. So a lot of things happened to him, didn't they? Yeah, and, and he was told lots of stuff. Yeah, and that's a problem when your main character isn't their own agent for change. Mm. So... So it's like but, a basic thing in writing where the, the, yeah. the your, your protagonist needs to action the story. So yeah. the things that they do set other things into motion that, that they go on the journey, right? Mm-hmm. And this like, one he was, once he decided to do something in the past yeah. act, it was awesome It was again. awesome, yeah. <laughs> it actually got going. But for a lot of it, he was just being told stuff and just sitting there and things were happening to him instead of him making things happen. It's just a very passive way of, of doing it. And on the same note, when Gamora didn't believe mm. that he was, that, Kurt Russell's character, Ego, the planet, was a good guy. I, I got that, and it was totally made sense that her character would be suspicious and stuff. Mm-hmm. But did you just get the sense that she was just thinking that because that was what her character needed to do for the story? Yes. And yeah. that seems like a strange criticism, but I didn't, I didn't know what happened to make her not believe him. Like, she was the one who was like, this could be your dad, let's go investigate it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, and then I, she just did it for the plot reasons, you know. Plot reasons, yeah. Hmm. The one scene we both really hate, it was a stupid scene and it could have been cut for no reason, but leaving it in there actually made me dislike the mm. film as a whole. Mm. It's the scene where um, after Gamora walks in on Drax and Mantis talking and she stops Mantis and says, what were you about to say to Drax? And she says nothing, and then Gamora lets her go. It's just such a shit scene because We've seen that a million times. It, this is the sort of thing Guardians normally. It normally does better than that, and I think that's why I'm more pissed off at it because yeah. I would have expected better. Because Gamora could have said, "No, no, no, this isn't that kind of film. This isn't that kind of situation. You're going to tell me what that thing was." Pulls out a gun or something. Yeah, or shoots her, or some, I don't know something yeah, yeah. unexpected, right? That we have come to know and love from these characters. As it was, she asked a question that didn't get answered and had no effect because at the end, Mantis just told everyone anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's one of your pet hates where a character knows something but doesn't want to tell them and then eventually they just tell them. Yeah. There's no tension there. Because we know it's going to happen. We know she's going to yeah. tell eventually. Yeah. So that was strange. And for a lot of the film between the opening and the end, the, mm-hmm. the second act, I guess you'd call it, I was just thinking like, this is all cool and interesting, but what's the point? What are we going to? What's happening? Yeah. Once we got there and that final thing was awesome. Was yeah. Great. Yondu. Great character. Yeah, great character. I do think, though, if he was going to turn out to be the great adoptive father and stuff, mm. he didn't have any scenes with 
with Peter. I would have liked another scene. We yeah. should have seen them back when they were kids or something, like growing Flashbacks, up. Flashbacks, yeah, maybe, yeah. To maybe get a bit more of a sense of, you know, this is your dad, but I'm your daddy, as the great line was. Yeah, because I don't know. Like, I liked the line and I liked the message, right, that he knew he didn't just keep him so he could fit into the small spaces. I don't know that quite earned that. But I don't because... know if Peter quite believed that. Because if he had a really awful childhood where this person was keeping him captive and making him sneak into places. How yeah. do you change that into like a good thing in your mind and being like, oh, that's because mm. he loved me? I don't know. I just felt a bit funny about that. And the other stuff where where Yondu was proving his love for Peter mm. with all the other characters, Peter didn't see any of that. So he, yeah, wouldn't, exactly. have, he wouldn't have known. Yeah, I hate that kind of stuff where the they're only... supposed to have been there for the rest of the film when they're not involved. Yeah. yeah. So like there are some problems there and that that's fine. Yeah. It made me like Rocket much more as a character. Yeah. Seeing, like, I didn't wasn't really a huge fan of him, to be honest, in the first film. I was like, a bit of a dickhead, you know, whatever. Mm. But I actually really enjoyed his story. And yeah. um, the only thing I would say is that scene between the two of them, Yondu and Rocket, had quite lazy dialogue. I yeah. thought they were both just shouting at each other what they were, their inner feelings and who, what their deep soul was. There's a couple of times that just went like one line too far, didn't it? Yeah, it just, mm. I don't know. But see, this film, our criticism is these little things, really. Oh, yeah, we're nitpicking, obviously. Yeah, but... so it's so cool that we're actually engaging with the characters and like, oh, they could have just done this, this thing one yeah, a little bit better, would have yeah. been much better. I think it, what you said with just one line too far, it was kind of that. It was mm. like they didn't trust the audience to put the pieces together, whereas I think mm. we could have without yeah. shoving it down our throats. Like when Yondu was coming back to save Peter and after everything else has happened, the audience knew that the reason that he kept him was because he liked him, and, yeah. and he knew and he knew that ego was killing his other kids. Yes, but then you only had to go and say that, like yeah. literally word for yeah. word, what I just said. Yeah, you know, your other complaint was that they kept changing planets all the time, and we didn't know where we were. We switched back to. Well, yeah, we would have a scene on ego, then a scene with Rocket, and then a scene back at ego for no reason that wasn't really pushing the forward the story forward much. Yeah. It know. was a lot of sort of meandering on Ego's planet until yeah. all of a sudden he was bad. Yeah. But. When, once he came, right? I will take off those points. <laughs> like, I'll remove those sins <laughs> yes. for the brain cancer thing. Yeah. Because we saw it in a relatively packed theatre and the whole theatre just went, oh, so cool. what? Like, yeah. it was such a. And I kind yeah. of knew it was coming, but kind of didn't. And then but you're I, like. I just thought. You're like, oh, what did if it? He, and like, yeah. Just, it, that's. See, this is what's so perfect <laughs> about these films. It's just the second before you sort of think something or, yeah, or the second happening. after, then it clicks in mm. and you go, holy shit. And the one thing that I will say that I liked is that Peter didn't muck around after that. He yeah. got out of the thing on his own and I really liked that. He didn't yeah. need people to save him from the trance. He went, nah, game over, you killed my mum, like mm -hmm. sorted. Um, so even though the villain was maybe a little weak and we took a little time to get there, I still like sort of the execution of it at the, at the end. I don't know. I just... Well, I think maybe that Peter and, and Ego should have been doing something in between. Mm. Right? They should have gone off to a um, planet. Excuse me? They played with a ball of energy? What I more know. do you want? No, they did. <laughs> Ego should have been like, hey, you're my son. Let's go on a trip together. And they go on a trip and Ego you know, takes over a planet and shows him. It's like, this is cool. We can do this with the whole galaxy, you and I. Yep. And so Peter's actually done something with him. Mm. He's going to love him a bit. 
then he's had the rug pulled under him because he's like, oh my god, he's actually destroying, wants to destroy the universe. Yeah, and I feel That's like they were about. trying to do that, but not. But in between, really he just there? he just sat around, listened yeah. to music and stuff, and just spoke to each other. Like, and the thing is, though, I think I'm, I'm gonna put my um, my therapy cap on here. Go it's on. not therapy. Speculation cap. Mm-hmm. I speculate what happened is the writers and all the filmmakers love these characters so much, so they just want to see them hang out together a bit. Yeah, you know? I get what you mean. And if that's what's happened here, that's okay because experiencing two hours just hanging out with these cool characters, making jokes and, you know, spitballing with each other a bit, yeah, that's totally fine and better than most characters. Mm-hmm. I'd probably rather watch these characters interact than, you know, Batman and Superman being all mean to each other and upset with each other yeah. like last year. I quite like that film, but, you know, it wasn't as enjoyable as this was. So I wonder, you know, if some of those scenes that you might want to, want to cut, they just like being with these characters so much, they just yeah, fair enough. kept them there. Yeah. I don't know, that's just a speculation thing. And I still want to stress that we love this film. So. Yeah, we do, yeah. I think that's why we're very, I don't know, you can hear that we're very passionate talking about it because I mm. think we, we enjoyed it. There were just like a couple little things that we would have changed or would have, you know. I find with the Marvel films... I don't know about you, but I can watch them at the cinema and that's fine. I don't need to watch them again. Maybe the Guardians one, I would want to grab and watch. I totally know, agree. I would never have a desire to own the Avengers series, mm. but I would have a desire to own Guardians. Um, Maybe the Captain America film is pretty good. But yeah. Yeah. Good. But I, I seeing know them we're on... being quite simplistic here, tying yeah, yeah. them all with the same brush. There are obviously exceptions and that kind of thing, but just as in general, these are just so much more... Um, they just don't take themselves as seriously, you know. Mm. And Chris Pratt has such amazing comedic timing. Mm. He's just perfection. Like, I just, sure he's so great. The only thing that I would say about this film in comparison to Volume 1 is that I worry that they knew that the quirkiness and the funniness, funniness? Is that a word? Humour? Humour, maybe. Let's go with humour. Worked so well in the first volume yeah, that right. they tried a little bit too hard in the second one and not all yeah. of the jokes landed. Yeah. Um, for example, I can just hear, I know certain friends of ours will laugh at my nitpicking with this, but I actually think it's really important. Um, Elizabeth Debicki's character, love Elizabeth Debicki, and her whole gold people regime, when they come in to see Yondu, Mm-hmm. The carpet's rolled out, right? And there's a bit of a gaff where, oh, it's stuck and we can't roll it out and we've got to stop our big magical procession to fix that. And, oh, ha-ha, aren't we funny? Mm-hmm. It's a bit quirky. Like, that moment is so typical of a Guardians movie because things aren't going to plan, right? And that's so cool because Peter's an unlikely hero when he stuffs up and he swears and he's a bit clumsy mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But it didn't fit these characters, these perfect gold characters, to have that happen to them. Mm. And I just feel like they were trying too hard to make every second moment a joke or to keep throwing jokes at us in case we lost attention or dropped our focus or whatever, that they went a bit too far the other way and I don't think it was needed. And it actually angered me because I feel like that just wouldn't happen for those characters. It wouldn't. And there's the whole suspension disbelief and stuff and, like, we're already in space, like... I'm okay if the carpet can be rolled out without a snag. You know, I know that's a bit of a cliche that, that, oh, it all works out perfectly. But it kind of fit with those characters. And I think if you were going to do something like that, it'd have to fit with the character. Like that kind of thing would make more sense if 
the Guardians were walking out. Like in the first film when they walked out in their big band in slow-mo and one was yawning and one Mm. was like scratching their head. And even in this, there's a similar scene. Mm. Works with them because of their characters and because of what you're trying to present. Didn't work with the gold people. But people laughed at it and I wanted to tell them they were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting upset. Yeah, I I agree with you there. Didn't quite fit with those characters. Mm -hmm. So it has to be said, the best character in the film is Baby Groot. He steals us every scene. He's the star of the show. The opening scene is so effing clever. Isn't it brilliant? <laughs> it is him dancing around, being little baby Groot, being adorable, with an epic <laughs> space battle happening behind him. So we're setting the scene. We're already in space in a big battle. He's, like, just um, missing the the danger by a step and mm-hmm. sidestepping everything. He's mean to Drax because Drax cuts off his music and then that comes back at the end when he's mm-hmm. nice to Drax. And it's such a great way, does my favourite thing, which is when they put credits on the screen, it's not during a scene because I hate that. You kind of, your focus is split between the two. So it's just on a scene that we can just watch and acknowledge who's in the film and it's it's beautiful. It's done almost like in a one-shot kind of mm. thing. And I know previously on this podcast we've, I think in Fantastic Beasts we sort of um, expressed an annoyance, well, just a concern at at what's interesting is seeing CGI characters fight each other. Mm. And I think the difference in this is because we like the characters and we care about the characters and it's fun to watch. Because Baby Groot's a real character. He's not just a a random bit of Fantastic Beasts running around that we've got no connection to. He's not at all. And the bit with the bomb and Rocket we'd seen a lot in the trailers, mm-hmm. but there is the sequence when Yondu and Rocket are in the jail and Groot has to go and find the little fin for Yondu's mm. head that we had never seen. I, I'm so glad that wasn't spoiled because <laughs> it was the highlight of the film for me. It was so funny. And that is another perfect example of how Guardians subverts the genre and mm. our expectations because in these films when people are trapped, you're like, go find this, and they find it immediately and it's sorted. But he comes back with every second thing that's not the right thing. And the best bit is when he comes in with the toe. <laughs> it's just the best bit. It's so great because they didn't have the toes and he bit someone's mm. toe off. It's just, it was just brilliant. It was just so great. And what made that better, that whole sketch, basically? Yeah, as it was, it was as, a sketch, as, yeah. As Jack Howard said. Yeah. Is that just before that, the scene before that, he had been abused by these people? Yeah, absolutely. It was really sad. It was, yeah, really sad. And then he, he helps them get you know, get back at these guys. Yeah. But he goes and kills them all. And that was a cool scene as well. Where yeah. Yondu goes around and... The arrow and everything. Yeah. yeah. And I said to you, I love the scene where it was in... The arrow goes and turns the lights off in the hallway and mm. then it's the light as it zips through the people. I just thought yeah. that was so well done. I don't know how they did that. I love that in, in films where you're like, how did you do that? Mm. Like, how did you make that look like that? Because mm-hmm. it was actual light. Yeah. How did the light get on the actors? But it wasn't, it wasn't actually going through them. I don't know. It was just brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> baby Groot is just, I love Baby Groot better than Big Groot. You reckon? Yeah, absolutely. Not only because he is the most adorable thing and mm. he gives little cuddles and has a little yawn, but he's just, I don't know. It's just the humour of his character and the way they, the timing of all that was brilliant. It was different. I haven't really seen that in the film. No, and the different cuts when he'd bring stuff back and you mm. go like just cutting yeah. to him bringing all these crazy things and... So cool. Oh, it was just brilliant. I, I want to watch it again just for that scene sequence. It was, it was just amazing. Yeah, really amazing scenes in this film. And yeah. the whole, the last um, 
last act, I, I think, was probably pretty cool altogether. Yes, yeah. Just some bits didn't quite fit together, but, you know, it's still enjoyable and still yeah. still better than a lot of stuff we've seen. Absolutely. And I said, as I said, if I think you go in wanting to enjoy it and just have a good time, you'll have a good time. Yeah. There might be some issues with some plot and maybe the dialogue's a little bit clunky at times, but it's still a good film and it's still mm-hmm. enjoyable to watch. And mm-hmm. I don't know, just... I don't know. I, I like the inclusion of the songs as well because they're still included, like, with yeah. Peter's character and his past. Yeah. yeah. I'm worried with the next one there might not be that sort of motivation, but we'll see. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. What would you give it? Uh, probably four. I think I'd give yeah, it four, four as well. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think I'd probably give the first one four as well. Mm. So, I guess. It's pretty much on par for us. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. They're enjoyable. They've got a bit, a mm. couple of, like, technical in-depth story issues but if you just yeah. ignore them and have a good time and go along with it i think you'll really enjoy it hmm. that concludes our guardians of the galaxy volume 2 review now over to lonnie who now can i just preface this i wanted to see it guys i wanted to see it okay i've heard great things about get out i've heard it's amazing but i just can't i just can't <laughs> the trailer was too scary it was it was terrifying i jumped several times and I just couldn't justify paying money to go sit in the movie theater and not watch the film because I'm too scared. <laughs> so Lonnie went and saw this, and I he has some thoughts to share with you. I saw Get Out by myself. You know, it's a pretty packed cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you at the back? I was in the back row. Okay, good. No, nothing could jump out at you and bite you. Really annoying couple to the right of me. Right. And like, she, this woman, she kept turning to her husband like, this is so intense. Like. Um, yeah, we're all watching it. Don't have to keep saying it. And actually, there was one bit. Where, there was a bit where it, uh, there's a, a twist in the story, mm-hmm. and it's so obvious, right? I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna spoil this one. Yeah. You still want to see it, right? Maybe. But <laughs> and this happened on screen, and she goes and tells everybody to say, yeah, oh. "That's from before. Remember when this happened?" <laughs> yes. And now you've ruined the moment. That happened to us in Guardians <laughs> when they had the planet names and we had a little kid behind us who and obviously just learnt to read and he's like, Earth, 1980. <laughs> yep, thanks, mate. Thank Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get out, though. Very good. And I'm glad I saw it. I think I'm not a horror person either. I don't like it. I like being scared. I think it's cheap. I like atmospheric sort of stuff and it's like a thriller mm-hmm. david fincher style horror because that's that's cool i think and that's actually well put together just having someone appear out of nowhere and having this the strings you know Jump go, scare sort of that stuff. stuff yeah you know it's cheap it's not good and having like a, a creepy person a monster or something so but i've seen a few horror films recently though that i've i saw the first scream and that was okay i watched it by myself and that was probably a bit not a good idea <laughs> i was home alone and I watched Stranger Things last year when it was on Netflix. And and that wasn't quite as bad, but you couldn't even get through the first minute, could I you? I got through 40 seconds <laughs> and that I just noped out of that. And that was quite scary in part. It was but... terrifying. It zoomed in on him in the door and he was trapped. And I, I just, no, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, I found for this one, the scariest bit were the trailers beforehand. There was a trailer for one of the Conjuring films. Or Anna, oh, really? Or Annabelle or something. Yeah. And during that one, I kind of looked away a bit. That's because... Like went to see what we do in the shadows and they were all horror movie trailers i was not prepared for it in the shadows, ostensibly a comedy film yeah <laughs> it's like having horror uh, before twilight or something because yeah, it's happening vampires. vampires it was 
was just yeah. yeah. Is yes. it as good as everyone's saying? Get out. Yeah, well, I don't know what I was quite expecting. It's very good. It's not really a horror film anyway. It's more of a suspense thriller mm-hmm. um, with some horror elements, I suppose. There's a few jump scares and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and there are some things I quite liked with creepy atmosphere and people acting weird and stuff. I like that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was basically just a low-budget thriller horror film, you know? Yeah. It's really cool, and I like all the subtext with the um, the sat- satire about America and race and, and you know, mm-hmm. black people versus white people sort of stuff. No, that's it's all really good. And for what it is, a bit like Guardians, a bit like Table 19, which we reviewed last week, for what it is, a great example of that. Yeah. Actually some surprising humorous bits as well. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was a good, alleviated some of the... Yeah. <laughs> and I, I liked about it. The characters acted like real people. Mm-hmm. Did they go in the basement when you're, like, screaming at them to not go in the basement? No, none of that stupid stuff. Yeah. And when it gets to a point where a person can do something, they go and do it. They don't just wait around or that's, yeah. you know what I mean? I hate that kind of stuff. And yeah. the reasons why characters do that is because of plot, not because yeah. they would. Yeah. So, so it's good that they did I like that. They like to like real people. Mm-hmm. And I think... We, we could watch it one day, Sine, but maybe watch it at home with the remote nearby so if it gets a bit scary... We can pause. We can pause. <laughs> That's how I'm watching the season final of Janet King <laughs> last year, which is an ABC crime. It was scary! The, they were stuck in the lift! That came from nowhere, that bit, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. <laughs> the whole time it's been like a, a legal thriller and all of a sudden at it the end terrifying. the kids are stuck in the elevator. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> But we were in different. I was at, we were watching it like the same time, but in different places, right? We weren't. We were together. We were no, here. We I thought I was somewhere else. No, that was a... for something else. What was that for? There were two things that I had to pause. <laughs> you couldn't like watch within it. quick succession. One was Janet King, and we were here. We were in the lounge room. Oh, and because I... I paused, and there were like twenty seconds to go. That's right. And what was the other thing? One of the other thing was when we watched Daredevil season two. Yeah. I thought we were in the same room for that. Maybe we were in different rooms for Janet King. I think we might have been. Okay. Doesn't really matter. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Janet, we had to stop Daredevil, one of the later episodes of season two, like 30 seconds ago, (laughs) because it got scary. The ninjas turned up. Oh, I know exactly what (laughs) you're talking about. In the hospital, where they possess all the children, and the children are like, dude, with their eyes, and it's terrifying. Oh, my God. I'm so scared right now. I just all came flooding back. Snow it was terrifying. Do, Snow doesn't do horror. No, we were together for that one, yeah. yeah. We must have been not together for Janet. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. I just can't. I just can't do it. No. I just. It makes me just totally disconnect and not. I don't enjoy being scared. I don't like roller coasters for that exact reason. Me either. I just don't get the fun in being terrified for your life. I don't like theme parks at all, really. Yeah, no. I'm a, I'm a museum sort of person. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> You're so obviously a museum person. You didn't have to tell our listeners that. They would have been able to tell. They've on the nose that bit of dialogue, was it? <laughs> yeah. They could have put the pieces together without that. <laughs> I think I'll give Get Out four stars. You just talked shit about it for like ten minutes. I didn't. I said for what it is, it's really good. Okay. I, said, I, I do wonder why this one has become so popular as because opposed to a other horror films. In it. Ooh, okay. Well, no, I wonder if there's a bit of like... People like it because it's different and they want to support it. So oh, yeah, yeah, understand. They like the race undertones. And... Yes, it, it, it is, it's come at the right time in, in yes. Trump's America. That's what I meant. Sorry if I sounded a cat. <laughs> it probably did. <laughs> I didn't mean it in that way at all. 
I know, I know what you meant. Yeah, yeah it, it's comes, it's come at the right time, and it, it's come with, it's more than just the horror film with gore and stuff like that. It's yeah. actually surprising little gore. Okay, it's more scary. See, I just wouldn't have coped with the jump scares. No, at home we can watch it with all the lights on during the day. During the day, you can warn me when the jump scare's about to come up. You can tell me yeah. when to look away. Yeah, that sort of thing can happen. Just. Just to put this in perspective, I didn't even go see Mad Max Fury Road at the cinema. I had to send Lonnie on his own to see it because I was worried it'd be so terrifying. And it was. And it was. And it was <laughs> horrific. Another <laughs> uh, great film. Get Out, four, four out of four, four out of five, actually. Four out of five. <laughs> Three out of five. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to the main podcast and a little extra bit just for you. Just for the one person that's listening. Yes. Specifically for you. Angelica. <laughs> if you don't have Angelica and you listen this far, you'd be so whoa, freaked out, crazy, wouldn't you? Right? Yeah. <laughs> for everyone else, you're probably a bit like, oh, it mm. wasn't for me. No, it's for all of you individually. But especially Angelica. But in spe- especially <laughs> Angelica. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll be back next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 